Hello listeners from Close and Far, my name is Scotty and I'm one of your hosts of the Diving Deep Podcast and I'm here with John. John, how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty good today, how are you doing Scotty? Doing alright, you know, it's a bit of a rough week, mm-hmm. uh, first week back at school after a pretty good break, it, it was rough, but here we are now, the weekend once yeah. more, yesterday was WandaVision Friday, but today we are here to talk about Godzilla 2014. John, what did you think about this movie? Um, as you know, I'm a humongous fan of uh, Brian Cranston, and anything that he does is a masterpiece. Therefore, this movie was a masterpiece because he was in it. He might have died, but he was in it. I think he should have been the main character of the movie. Yeah. I will stand by that. I think Aaron Taylor Johnson did do a very good job. And I don't know why they thought it would be fun to kill Brian Cranston like half an hour in, but. Yeah, that was. Uh... Yeah. He, he should, but I do understand if they were going from that story perspective, like the military and stuff, you can't have Brian Cranston doing that. You can't have Brian Cranston uh, hanging out of an airport monorail, lunging to grab a child. Yeah, you can't really have him do any of those things. But, like, him losing his wife and, like, trying to, like, figure out, make sense of what's going on, I think that could have easily had been, like, I don't know, its own the thing. Plot, yeah. Yeah. He definitely uh, was the most interesting character. And it was quite a shame to see him killed off so early. But I guess it is what it is. So what, what what did you think of the movie outside of the Brian Cranston stuff? Um, I mean, I think there's like a lot of like shots in that. Like, if you look at them, you're like, that is from Godzilla. Like the flare mm-hmm. gun scene. Then Halo jumping down into the city. Uh... I don't know, I feel like it's like a cinematic kind of... I don't know, it's very cinema. Yeah, it's great. I think we definitely did not get enough Godzilla. Yeah. I think, and for a movie titled Godzilla, I he was probably only in it for like 15% of the movie. We mm-hmm. definitely, I think, needed a little bit more of that. And even though a lot of the stuff he was in, it was super dark and you could barely even tell what was going on. The, the action needed a little work, but what I was able to make out was pretty great was indeed how many times have you seen this movie uh i'd say around probably six or seven i've seen really? it a fair amount of times yeah this is, this is my second time watching i watched it for the first time like this time last month so uh, it felt a little it was a little bit of a rough watch not because i didn't like it but because it's something i had just watched yeah yeah now there's one part of the movie that to me was so messed up and weird, and I hated it. And I think you might be able to put together what I'm talking about. I think so, but uh, possibly that Aaron Taylor Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen were married, when we know them as Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch, who are siblings. What makes it even more messed up is they were hired as Quicksilver and Scarlet Witch because... Joss Whedon visited the set of Godzilla when they were working together, and all their scenes together are them being like being in love and all that. And he cast them because of that. Oh, Another that reason hurts. Joss Whedon is terrible. I'm sure you're aware of the stuff with him. Yeah, with Ray Fisher and Justice League reshoots, and then the cast. He directed a lot of episodes of Buffy, and now a lot of the cast of Buffy is coming out and talking about how terrible he was on set. It's yeah, Josh that's kind of gross. That's gross. Man. Yeah, it, uh, like 
they were perfect casting. Well, Evan Peters is more perfect casting for Quicksilver, but Elizabeth Olsen, at least, was perfect casting for Scarlet Witch. So I'm obviously very thankful that we got her, but the way we got to her... <laughs> it's not something you want to talk about. Not something I want to talk about very often. Just, yeah, that was that's very messed up. And it definitely takes away my enjoyment of the movie a little bit just because of those pre-existing circumstances. Mm-hmm. I, mm-hmm. But I, I won't let it take it away too mind. much. You know, I hit myself in the head a couple of times and say, that that's not Quicksilver, and that's not a Scarlet Witch, and then I just let it happen, and then after, I knock it back in, and then I'm good, you know? Well, speaking of them... What did you think of WandaVision yesterday? Spoiler alert, by the way. Great. Mm-hmm. I would have to agree. What an amazing episode. Like, it was a throwback to, like, everything. And yeah. then, like, you could tell where the trailers came from. Like, the beeping uh, toaster was the bomb, as many people, I think, already Yeah, and then the, the watch was the Strucker watch. Baron von Strucker was the Hydra guy. Seeing mm-hmm. all of that finally in the show and not just through the commercials was so good. And Agatha as well was brilliant. I, I think mm-hmm. Catherine Hahn did a very good job. And I think this episode sold me. A lot of people have been saying, and some insiders I think are suggesting this as well, that Marvel is trying to push Elizabeth Olsen for an Emmy. And I'm, I'm so down for that. I think they should try. I think they should do it. Oh yeah. Uh, yeah. This episode was yeah. emotional enjoyable it went by so quick and oh, all yeah, of it definitely was did. just perfect like the scene where she creates the hex magical it was definitely intense and especially the post credit scene i think that's where White ultron's vision. voice is going to come in but I oh know. you think that's going to be ultron i or it's not going to be like ultron but it's going to have like his James voice Vader? yeah i think that oh. it might be because, like, I think about how about trippy that. that would be. Because, like, yeah. I feel like that's supposed to counteract mm-hmm. Wanda somehow. Now, uh, are you aware of White Vision in the comics? Uh, no. Okay, because it... I'm not going to say anything, but in the comics, this, there's some stuff between the White Vision and Scarlet Witch that is very emotional, and I think that's the route they're going to go down in the finale. So Uh-oh. I'm really looking forward to what they do in the finale of this episode of this series that's scary um mm-hmm. but the one my one complaint about the episode it's not really even a complaint is that we did not get any resolution to the post credit scene from last week oh yeah we got we got nothing from anyone the, the one thing i was really looking forward to this week was the stuff with monica and quicksilver and we got none of that but I think that makes me even hopeful for next week that we're going to get a lot of that. And I still believe that this is Peter Maximoff from the X-Men movies, and we're going to see Vision unleash the real him, and we're going to get another Sweet Dreams moment as he evacuates Westview. Oh, yeah. Now, when, like, that scene where we got to see uh, her create the Westview that we see in the show, um, what's it called? When she creates vision. Like, yeah. She didn't steal his body. Hayward was lying. Yeah. Crazy. That's messed up. Now, what do you think that is? Like, do you think she almost took another vision from the multiverse? Or do you think this is, like, completely fake in just her own imagination almost? I don't know. But seeing how he was, like, I don't know. It kind of looked like 
he was like almost taken from a place like kind of like teleportation from star trek in a way so uh i don't know know. and i'm also very excited to see because of that or no no ignore that the best scene from this episode, in my opinion, was the civ- the scene that takes place in between Age of Ultron and Civil War. And Vision's, like, trying to become human, almost. And his one line, what is grief, if not love, persevering? Mm-hmm. Round of applause. I think this episode, and this show as a whole, is going to go down, in my opinion at least, as the best thing that Marvel Studios has ever made. I think, to mm-hmm. me... I'm very confident saying that because it's not just your explosion Marvel movie. This is a character drama, but what the most powerful person on on Earth does, what after how they cope with drama with trauma that has lasted their whole life, and it's just perfect. Mm-hmm. And oh, I just I, can't wait for the finale. We need more Jimmy Woo in the. I know. Finale. I was just I was just gonna say that no Jimmy Woo this episode either. So disappointing. Really. And it was. He carries the show on his back. But anyways, yeah. let's go back to Godzilla. Mm-hmm. What were they called? The mount? The uh, alien things? Mount? Or something like that? Like, I actually have no clue. I'm being honest, I was editing my other podcast while this was on, so I kind of was not paying attention. Mm-hmm. Let's, let's, let's look this up. I need to do this. Looking up, looking up. Godzilla 2014 uh, Mute, Muto Oh, Muto Massive, oh. unidentified terrestrial organism My god I mean It's pretty cool like I loved how they looked in the dark and stuff like that, uh, but I was hoping for like, uh, I don't know. When the movie came out, I was hoping for like a very old original Godzilla villain or something like that. But then we got these ones, and that. Oh, are these also, new yeah. to this to this movie? Like this franchise? I don't believe so, but they're not like. Popular. I feel like they're not one of yeah they're not one of the popular ones. But that's where uh, King of Monsters comes in and no. just out. did you see this in the theaters uh, have, you, have you seen this movie like since day one yeah oh wow i think the first hour is really good i really like the first hour and everything that happens there and i think the movie starts to lose me when the military gets involved and when he's like on the train and he has to go like under the bridge oh. I, I was barely even paying attention but that's where the movie loses me i think Mm-hmm. Yeah, it definitely goes from like being. I don't know the exact genre of movies. Uh, like something kind of like a. What's it called? You know the movie? Not Signs. Actually, it kind of is like a Signs where like you don't really know what's going on and there's not a lot of. Uh, Explanation. Yeah, and mm-hmm. like not a lot of action as well. And then it goes from that to. Uh, now it's a yeah, war it just goes to kind full of on movie. movie really. Which I like both, but it I don't know. It takes you out of that other side. So when they try and bring it back in the end, it's Yeah, there's definitely hard to... like a mystery going on in the first half of the movie that kinda of just disappears, but they don't even give you any answers. 
they just start prioritizing like the action immediately. And to me, like the action is cool, but it's it was action without substance. If you know what I'm saying, like it was just kind of yeah. blind, pointless action. So to me, that again, that's where the movie starts to lose me. But it, it's definitely not bad. The second half, it's just it's such like a disjointed start to finish. Like the first, you, it can almost be like a mini series where the first hour makes up two episodes, and then the last hour makes up two episodes or so. I think that could have worked better, but I'm, I'm not asking for a Godzilla TV show, but, yeah. I think the movie was almost paced like a TV show instead of a movie. Yeah, yeah. Do you think we'll see baby Godzuki baby later down the road? We'll... I hope not. <laughs> yeah, we've had enough of the babies. Baby Yoda, baby Mr. Peanut, baby oh, yeah. Sonic. Oh, there's a baby in the Sonic, Sonic movie, now? yeah. I don't know. I watched it recently. Okay. I'll just say not a fan. Did Godzilla like his face looks very strange to me? I don't know why. I feel like it's too short. Mm. So when he bites something, it doesn't seem like it actually would do anything. Yeah, but then it does. I also mm. believe it is a crime that Aaron Taylor Johnson did not come back in King of the Monsters. So King of the Monsters, oh, yeah. I'm going to say right now, I didn't like it the first time I watched it at all. I think there's a lot of cool monster stuff, but this, it also focuses a lot on the family stuff, and it's just not nearly as compelling as the family stuff in this. Because in King of yeah. the Monsters, it's like a divorced family. It's like, be with me or be with your mom, like yeah. whatever. But this, this is about a husband trying to get back to his wife and... Uh, and son who are in the middle of like an evacuated city and I think that works much better for this type of movie which is what, another reason why mm-hmm. I prefer this one to the sequel so yeah definitely the sequel well has the popular uh, characters it like adds them in it takes away from the overall human story of it uh, and it kind of mm-hmm. loses you like because right when we go bat. to watch these movies we watch it for for the for the Godzilla stuff, and while this movie doesn't have a lot of Godzilla stuff, I think it can make up for it with its story. But King of the Monsters cannot mm. make up for it with its story. I th- I think yeah. the story is super weak, and the action the action is good, but there's not a ton else going for it. But thank God they came out and said that Godzilla versus Kong will not have a ton of focus on the human side of things, and will really be prioritizing the action. Because in a movie like Godzilla vs. Kong, when you don't have a ton of action, you're going to lose your audience very quickly. Because people are coming to see that. I think they learned their lesson from King of the Monsters, and they're really just going to try and go all out. Yeah, hopefully. Because, I mean, I really want to see Monkey hit Liz. In layman's terms. No, that's, that's in truest terms. That's all the series. Oh, yeah. The movie's gonna be monkey hitting lizard, and I'm not complaining mm-hmm. at all. Now, sp- my friend, uh, what's his name? I don't. Wait, no, I won't say his name. He thinks Godzilla's gonna win because he thinks Godzilla is, you know, fire breathing monkey. I mean lizard, and uh, he'll just shoot Kong from like a certain amount of distance away. And I was like, Kong's axe no, can no. block the nuclear blast. Godzilla is going yeah. is going down. Oh yeah. And also, 
Kong has not been called King Kong in this series at all. Godzilla is titled the King of the Monsters. So, it only makes sense that Kong wins and he's declared King Kong at the end. It only makes sense. Uh, right? You're right, you're right. Yeah. He is not King Kong yet, he is just Kong. And Godzilla is the King of the Monsters. So, Kong's Kong, I really want Kong to win so they can declare him King Kong at the end. Mm-hmm. Do you think they'll, like, have a... Like, maybe there's going to be some Mecha Godzilla yes. thing and they're going to both fight that and then coexist together and be both kings? Actually, I was thinking about that for a while, but another executive producer for the movie said there is a definitive winner. So I think they will team yeah. up to fight Mecha Godzilla, but then I think they're going to fight each other after that. So they're working together because um, they have to, but they still hate each other and they're still going to be they're still going to try and duke it out and Kong will win. Yes. I mean that's going to be yeah. awesome. So another weird thing with this movie, it's not bad, but weird. I think it should have been like 5 minutes longer. The ending is so abrupt and weird. And I just didn't see it coming mm -hmm. because I remember watching it for the first time, and it's just him roaring, and that's it. There, we don't get any of the fallout. We like nothing. It's just he goes, bah! and and that's the end of the movie. I think a little bit more should have happened. We should have seen a little more of Aaron Taylor Johnson. I keep, I keep forgetting the characters' names. I think his name was Ford. Oh yeah, he's yeah, Ford. Ford. Elizabeth Olsen is L. Yeah. The son is Sam. I don't remember the son. What was Brian Cranston's yeah. name? Was that Hen? Uh, no, I was gonna say Henry because like Henry Ford, but that's definitely not it. Yeah. Uh, uh, I was gonna say is it Brian? Joe. Joe. Okay. Oh, it's Joe. That's a bit of an underwhelming answer. And Ken Watanabe is Doctor yeah. Sirizawa. He was good. I liked him in this. Ken Watanabe, mm -hmm. he did a good job of like making Godzilla feel sympathetic to us. Because I think if you take his character out, Godzilla is just going to be seen as a monster with who we have no reason to sympathize with or anything like that. So his I think he did a good job of making his character want us to like, uh, to like Godzilla. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is Godzilla a hero? Yes. Is he God a Godzilla? Well, he's there to bring balance, as Dr. Suzawa says. I believe Godzilla is there to bring balance, and I think Kong is also there to bring balance. It depends on the circumstances of what makes them need to invoke their powers. Oh, yeah, yeah. Did you know... Jo so, the mom, Ford's mom, Joe's wife, Quentin Tarantino said that her death was the first time he ever cried watching a blockbuster. Whoa. I find that I find that That's so insane. funny because I don't think that death is emotional at all. We're just introduced to this character and she dies like five minutes later. But it can get someone like Quentin Tarantino to cry. That's kind of amusing mm -hmm. in my opinion. Yeah, it was I don't know why, but like her death felt it was pretty rough. like I don't know. Yeah. I think, again, they sh this movie should have been a little longer. Five minutes go to the end. But I also think another five, maybe ten minutes should have gone to the beginning before we jump to the present day. 
and back in like 1999. I think we should have spent a little more time with uh, Brian Cranston and his wife, just so we understand their characters more. So her death and eventually his death is more impactful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think in uh, Brian Cranston can make people cry, like in the show Breaking Bad, just the amount of uh, emotion he can admit in scenes is on like off the I charts. Phantom. I haven't seen a t- him in a ton of things. I'm 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 gonna look through what I have seen him in right now. Okay, what I've seen Brian Cranston in: Godzilla. Then he appears in archive footage of King of the Monsters. He's in Kung Fu Panda Three. He's in Madagascar Three, and he's in uh, the one and only Ivan. And those are the movies that I've seen. Oh, yeah. Wait, who was he in Kung Fu Panda? Let's let's check this out. Oh, yeah. Because I don't... My God. He was oh, he was Poe's dad. That's that's legendary. That is legendary. Let me, let me look it up. I'm pretty sure that was dad's new. I haven't seen that movie since it came out nearly five years ago. Wait, like Poe's dad, like the goose the pa- guy? The panda. Or like Poe's... The, like the... Oh, panda. That's pretty cool. I did not know he was in that, and that's amusing. Yeah. He's Jack Black's dad. Jack Black's dad, whoever would have thought. And who is he in Madagascar? Probably, uh... No one of relevance. Good to know. Okay. Back to the movie. Dang it. Alright, what we were talking about Mm -hmm. should have been a little longer. It could add some more development to Mm -hmm. make the movie more impactful. Because I think as a whole, I know, again, I don't think it's bad. I think this movie's around a 7 out of 10. Not bad at all. But I think it's kind of forgettable. Because even though King of the Monsters is a far worse movie, I think it's more memorable because the action sequences are so much better. Uh, simple as that, because I again, mm-hmm. this movie's very dark. You can't really tell what's going on a lot of the time, and I think that kind of loses you a little bit. It makes the movie a little more uh, forgettable. Yeah, yeah, I definitely agree. So, you know, this movie stars two superheroes who are Marvel, but going to DC, the new Superman show premiered last week, and it oh, was that. so good. Like, the whole internet is praising it. This thing is perfect. Like, you know, everyone likes to meme about the CW shows, but this is completely different from anything they've ever done and is so much better than anything they've ever done. Better than Arrow? I think it'll go down as better than Arrow. I I actually have mixed thoughts on Arrow. I like seasons 1, 2, and 5, but I'm not huge on any of the rest of them. Well, season 8, season eight was pretty good, and 3 isn't bad, but I really don't like 4. I hate it. Seven and eight are just kind of meh, or six and seven are just kind of meh, and the rest of them are range from decent to pretty good. But yeah, I, I have mixed thoughts on Arrow. Four. But this show, I'm telling you, it's gonna be so good. Just be, if it if even the rest of the season has half the quality of the first episode, it'll probably be my favorite DC my favorite DC show. Whoa. Mm-hmm. The, just the first five minutes are simply perfection. Oh, did my camera glitch mm. out? Uh, I don't okay. think so. 
Okay. Oh, but, you know, this show is so good, and I recommend you check it out. The first episode is free on the CW app uh, on, like, smart TVs and your phone. It's so, it's so good. And it's, like, 90 minutes long. Or it took up a 90-minute time slot, so it's, like, 70 minutes. But, yeah, I mm-hmm. thoroughly recommend you check it out and anybody else who's listening to this episode who is slightly interested in the character of Superman or Lois Lane or any characters from that world at all. Beautiful. So next week we're going to be talking about Kong Skull Island, which is my favorite movie uh, in the MonsterVerse. But let's go back to Godzilla. Oh, this is what I want to talk about. The opening credits were really cool. I like how it. Oh, like the old. Yeah, film. like it was film. It looked like that was filmed on like old, real, and how it tells the story of how the humans first interacted with Godzilla without like giving away the entire the, mis- the entire mystery which is never actually done throughout the movie but I really really like the beginning mm-hmm. um this might uh upset people but I have something that you know is is an uncommon opinion I watched the original Japanese Gojira movie the 50s one yeah the one that and let me tell you all right gojira was meant to uh symbolize the atomic yes, bombs I did know, that I the did americans know this. yeah yeah and uh i i bought like the one with the japanese one and the american version of the japanese mm-hmm. one uh and let me just say how badly the americans messed up the oh, movie sure. So the the movie was supposed to be a tragedy of, you know, just this monster ruining everything mm-hmm. and then finally this scientist using this bomb and going down to the depths of the sea and blowing him up. Uh, but the American version had this American guy just inserted himself into a bunch of scenes and instead of running away with the mass crowd, was standing there like a proud American. Um, and... Oh my God! Does it hurt? Uh, that I sounds mean. so terrible. I I never no I no I really never want to watch that. I think the Japanese version sounds far superior because it doesn't have some arrogant American trying to be trying to brainwash the people of his country watching the movie. Yeah, it's. It was. I think that was the reason it was made. They got the rights somehow, and then just inserted him in. That's terrible. Uh, it was, there was no story with him either. He was just there, witnessing it. Mm-hmm. I guess like they must have filmed one or two scenes. Is, is this the nineteen twenty four version that you're talking about? Uh, I think so. It's still in black and white. Sorry. I'm pretty okay. sure. Okay, if I go on the Wikipedia for that, there's a whole section for the American version. Uh, it, it hurts me. It trimmed the original down to 80 minutes and featured new footage with Canadian actor Raymond Burr 
interacting with body doubles mixed with Honda's footage to make it seem like he was part of the Japanese production. Many of the film's political themes were trimmed or removed completely, and it was this version of the original Godzilla film that introduced audiences worldwide to the character and the franchise, and the only version that critics and scholars had access to until 2004. Yeah. Jeez. Wow. Yeah. It was. It used to be a political. Yeah, he was a political message about yeah. the power of the bomb and Americans. And now he is just Big Lizard, who breathes fire. Just big Lizard. Yeah. It. I don't know. That part. Kind of turns me away from like the new Godzilla. Like I like what Godzilla has mm-hmm. become, but like the original meaning yeah, way had more a impactful. way deeper meaning. I I never do that. So thank you for enlightening me. No problem. No. I'm I'm. It's crazy. Yeah. Again, I'm not surprised, considering how terrible the American film industry was for years, and how very problematic mm-hmm. it was. But. Just hearing it is. Yeah. It's, a lot. it's a lot. So, do you have any th- other thoughts on the movie? I think we didn't go that off topic this week. Uh, we talked about WandaVision at the start, yeah. but that technically connects to uh, one to to the main star of the show being one of the main characters here. So, exactly. did pretty good this week. Exactly. We talked about Superman for like you know two minutes, but other than that, mm-hmm. stayed on topic. Oh, wait. I did have one thing. Do you think Ag- Agatha Harkness is from our yes, universe? Yes, I do. Uh, I've, I, I've actually never heard people talk about her being uh, multiverse, but no, I don't think she is. I think she's from, uh, you know, Massachusetts, Salem. That's where she grew up. Then she, I think she was like a normal mortal human until she sucked the life out of the, all the witches trying to kill her, and that's why she hasn't aged since then. Like she's using their lives to live, uh, uh, like to extend her life hundreds of years beyond her actual uh, lifespan. And that, you know, that's how she's still around. And she just sensed like her magic told her. I assume that magic book we saw at the end of episode seven alerted her to the fact that a huge act of magic was just performed, which then brings her to Westview, and then. Here we are now. Uh, I see, I see. I don't know. I had this weird idea because I was like thinking about the Salem witch trials and how they were, you know, it none of it was real, but like what happens in a different universe, it was like actual witches. Yeah, there's like, there's actually been a lot of stories of that. Did you know, I'm sure you do this, but Harry Potter, uh, the American wizarding school is in Salem. Yeah. Oh, she has talked about this. Oh, yeah. wait, I did It's called Ilvermorny, and it was made in Salem in the 15 or 1400s, and therefore the Salem Witch Trials, which I think is actually a really good connection. Uh, I do not endorse J.K. Mm-hmm. Rowling, though. She, she, she bad, but Harry Potter good. Yeah, Harry Potter good. She, she yes, bad. But yeah, like lots of stories have used that inspiration for like the start of magic and stuff. And it was actually interesting because she wasn't being put on trial by the people of Salem. It was her own witches, like the the witches of her yeah. coven. And I thought that was really cool. It wasn't just uh, the people of Salem taking her from her home and burning her at the stake. It was actual witches that she was practicing with 
who were the ones turning against her in the end. So you think, did she actually take that dark magic and use it, or... Well, like... we see her in the witch trials, then she's, like, the same age here, here in WandaVision. So it's not, I don't, I don't think she's time-traveling. I think she, like, the dark magic that she used to take the life out of those witches is what is keeping her alive. Uh... It's almost, kind of like a horcrux, oh. but not, not, oh. like, doesn't make her immortal. It just uh, squeezes out her lifespan so she can live to be however long. Because we can, because I don't, I know, I don't think she's alive. You know, if we're going by this, I'd say she looks maybe five to ten years older in Westview than she does with the witch trial. So by that logic, she's been alive like since BC, and I don't think that would work. I don't think that makes sense. So mm-hmm. I think it, the, what makes the most sense is that she was a normal human. Until she started practicing witchcraft, and then when she was put on trial, she when she takes the life the lives of those other witches, she's using their life force to allow her to live and not age very rapidly, almost like Nicholas Flamel in Harry Potter to connect back to that once again. Mhm. I see. I see. Also, in the Soul Stone, Soul? she saw the uh, or wait, mind not, stone, mind, mind Yeah, the Mind Stone. She I saw see. her. Uh, but by that, what did Pietro see? A coffin? Oh, yeah. Yep. <laughs> but probably. maybe he probably just saw, like, speed, like a, a physical embodiment of it. Now, what makes me excited because of that scene, she has to get, like, a real Scarlet Witch suit next episode. Like, all, oh, like yeah. a modernized version of what she wore in the Halloween episode, like a more high-budget, like... Because what... If you look, that is her... They used a model of Elizabeth Olsen to make that Scarlet Witch that she saw. People have, like, enhanced on it. If you look through the reflection in Wanda's eyes, you can see her face in it. Which, like, again raises the question, uh, what did her brother see? Yeah. Did Pedro just see death I, in his future? No. I, maybe? Because, you know, again, he is super speed, man. So why would he take those bullets instead of moving those bullets. So what if he did see death and he knew he was going to die sometime soon and like he saw his chance to save his mm-hmm. life like for the greater good or whatever or to save someone else's lives like, especially a child and an Avenger and yeah and that's he knew he had to die. I think it would add a lot, yeah. of, a lot more depth to that character because like everyone loves to compare Aaron Taylor Johnson's Quicksilver to Evan Peters and and we all know Evan Peters is is much better, but if we learned that about this Quicksilver, I think that would make him, make him like a better character than what we are than what he is. Yeah, and when Agatha was talking about Evan Peters Quicksilver, she said like you know your brother like necromancy didn't work, mm-hmm. so that's confirming that it is not. That yes, one. so which um, again makes me think that because she couldn't, because Wanda couldn't resurrect her real brother, she plucked one up out from the multiverse. It ends up being the X Men Quicksilver. Before he gets to the door, Agatha takes control of him. But that begs the question: What is he now? We know he's still under his contr- under her control because he was at her house at the end of Episode Seven, and all he says is Snooper's gonna snoop. So I assume beginning of next episode. He's going to either fight Monica or uh, 
Agatha will send him to fight Vision, and then Vision will, like, free him and tell him what's going on, and, you know, this is X-Men Quicksilver. Mm-hmm. Now, I also saw on, like, a TikTok, oh God, MC, people talking MC about MC the rabbit. Oh, I, yeah. I hate it. I'm sorry. But... Yeah, so the rabbit <laughs> They're talking about the is rabbit. named Senor Scratchy, and Nicholas Scratch is the name of Agatha's son in the comics. And the original theory for a while was that Evan Peters was playing Nicholas Scratch. But the name... The, that isn't true, because why would she name the rabbit after her son? So, again, he can't. he's not mm-hmm. Nicholas Scratch. He's not... He's, like, a real human. He's not, And he's not someone from Westview, either. Because I think if he was, like, a random person from Westview, we would have seen him in that scene where we saw Herb, Phil, Mrs. Hart, and the mailman. So that, you mm-hmm. know, again, who is he? And I don't think he's going to be, like, Nightmare or Mephisto or any villain, like, any real villain. And because we have a Doctor Strange movie about the multiverse and a Spider-Man movie about the multiverse coming up, there would be no excuse for this not to be the X-Men version of Quicksilver. Yeah. Do you think the rabbit is Doctor Strange? Because that's what people were saying. Oh, I hope not. I don't know why they were saying it. I really hope not. I I do think he's going to appear, for sure, in the next episode. Because I think Benedict Cumberbatch was in Atlanta for like a few days back in December of 2019 or early 2020, back when they were filming this. So, and if he was only there for a few days, it had to be a cameo for something like WandaVision. So I assume he has to appear at the end of the... or sometime in episode 9. But I, I think he's gonna come to Westview. Because, you know, he's in New York, so it's not that far. But I don't think yeah. he's been there all the time. And I'll, I'll be pretty upset if he if he is the rabbit. I would hate that. I just think the rabbit mm-hmm. is the rabbit. And it's supposed to just show us like from the start that Agatha's been using magic because of how associated magicians and bunnies are. Oh, yeah. But, yeah. That's yeah. all I got. Mm-hmm. So, I think that might be it. Well, yeah. I've been your host, Scotty, and this has been your other host, John. John, do you have anything to say? Um, no. I don't, I don't know. I don't right, think well, so. Well, you can find us on Twitter Check, and yeah. Instagram at DivingDeep underscore pod. And you can follow me on Twitter at Scotty0365. And you can follow John on Twitter at JohnBird3516551818. Uh, I hope you, everybody listening has an excellent week because we will be back next week to talk about Kong Skull Island. Adios. Yeah. Adios.